Welcome to the Success by Design podcast, where we teach professional women to achieve success on their own terms. In a world that often tells us we're not enough and that success requires sacrificing our well being, we're here to challenge that narrative. Our podcast teaches you how to close your confidence gap, avoid burnout and overwhelm, and navigate demanding careers without sacrificing your personal life. We provide actionable strategies and insights to help you boost your peace, your potential, and your paycheck. Subscribe and review our podcast today, and let's start designing the life you deserve. Hey, family, welcome back to another episode of Success by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about owning your power. You know, it's a sentence or a statement that I've heard so many times. And at some point, it sounds cliche, but it's not. Let me define what is power. Power, there's two types, right? So there's the positional type, which is your title, your position in an organization, how influential you are. I'm not talking about that type of power. The other power that exists is the personal power. The one that from an ownership perspective, you get to thrive forward, meaning that it's your identity. It's your core belief. It's who you are at your core. It's your values. It's your strength. It's everything that you are. That's your personal power. It's your non-negotiable. Haley, do you have something to say about what is owning your personal power? Yes. As you were saying that, it comes down to a word my mother told us when we were younger and it goes down to your choices or your actions. Growing up, she always told us that every action or every choice has a consequence. Whether it's good or bad, it has a consequence. And so I always thought about what choice do I have? So in any situation, anything that we're in, we always have a choice. And it comes down to what choices are we making? Are we making choices that we want? Are we making choices aligned with our values? Are we making choices aligned with our vision? for ourselves? Or are we making choices that please other people? Are we making choices that are going to make other people happy? Are we making choices that our family wants to make or how we were raised? And so for me, when I think about taking ownership of our lives, taking ownership of our career, just that whole thing of ownership is what choices am I making? And then examining why am I making them? And what's the driving force behind those choices and decisions that I make for myself? And align to that with your choices. An example, Example that comes up for me is former PepsiCo chief executive officer Indra Nuri. I love, love, love this woman. I hope one day I'll be able to interview her. But meanwhile, whenever I think about Indra, this brown woman in an environment where she's the only woman, she's the woman of color, and she's among, you know, her colleagues who are mainly white men. And yet she was able to drive initiative despite of the resistance only her power in that environment from 2006 to 2019. I may have missing the date. So how did she do it? So as I was studying her, literally studying her and studying her success, because oftentimes, especially our women or even women of color, we may say, well, you know, there's all these barriers. It's impossible to, to be even sitting there, let alone being able to drive any initiative. Well, Indra is an example that she has done it for over a decade. And she's one of the world 
world's most powerful women in the world, like not even in the United States, in the world. So there's something to be said about this woman. So what I love about Indra is that she had a goal, which was to use the ESG. Like right now we talk about ESG, the sustainability. She actually created an initiative that reconnected both the initiative and the culture, which I love. The identity, the, the diversity, all of that. So what she did is that she created and she integrated the sustainability and inclusion to the core of the business so that now PepsiCo is one of the most amazing recognized company in the United States and has been for many years on the Forbes list. So how did she do it? What she did is that she created three pillars. The first pillar was human sustainability. And human sustainability is thinking, think about innovation, right? About providing healthier food and beverages options for the consumer. She thought about the consumer and she also focused on how can they solve that issue. The second thing she did is that she wanted to look at it from an ESG perspective, which is environmental sustainability. So reducing PepsiCo environmental footprints. And the third way she did it is that it was important for her to have a focus on PepsiCo's employees. And how she did that is that she fostered an inclusive and diverse culture within the organization and really ensure that there is a safe and inclusive workplace for belonging. Now, you may say, well, those are great initiatives. This is big. It's almost impossible and so on and so forth. Well, you see, I'm going to tell you the result. The result is that in 2015, sales guilt-free, so all these products that they created, they call it the guilt-free product, rise for 45% of the total revenue, which is almost 50% of the total revenue compared to previous year. The second thing is had a billion dollars net saving from their eco-save initiative. So all these environmental footprints that they wanted to create. And then lastly, based on the talent, they achieved gender parity in their management, not the executive, but the management role, recognized, and they are now recognized as the world's most admired company by Forbes, as I mentioned earlier. So three initiatives, three big results that allow them to be positioned in the world. And yes, did Indra Hatz resistance? Yes. But here's what I learned about this woman when I was studying her, and I recommend her book, is that she, despite of the resistance, she navigated the resistance. She stayed true to her instinct and she transformed the organization. And lastly, she drove positive change. That for me is a great example of how a woman or person own her power, her personal power and also her positional power. So you don't need to be a CEO to be able to own your power. What I'm trying to say to you, what I'm saying to you is that as you're looking and studying people that you admire and enjoy one person that I admire, as you're studying them and look at how did they do and become who they are, reverse engineer what they've done and see how you can implement that in your career, in your position, so that you can position yourself. Indra never said that she had no resistance, but she has, and she navigated by being herself. I'm sitting here and I'm just admiring what you're saying. I'm like, I want to meet her too. Like, can I come like study under her? <laughs> but what really stood out to me is something that came up from that is intentionality. And no doubt she had to be very intentional intentional to do all that because those are some amazing accomplishments and I think back to her she probably had great planning and she was very intentional about what she did and that makes take it back to what we're talking about what is ownership how do you take ownership and it's being intentional again about the choices and decisions you make and then being accountable for that did she probably run into some issues run into some roadblocks run into some challenges as she took went about doing this of course she did I mean she's in the world that she's working in and she's a brown woman so she's going to be looked at and just all the things that come along with that before she even gets to the work and gets past just people seeing her and judging her for how she looks. So 
that took tenacity. That took probably resilience. When she went back to her intention and her why, why she was doing it. I think we talked about this before in previous episodes, but what is your why? That helps too when you take ownership of things because if you believe in something, you're going to put 10 toes down and go for it. If I don't truly believe or have some doubts or I'm not really intentional about it, then I may not go for it. But if it's what I want, if I'm doing it, I understand the why of something, then I'm going to go for it all the way. I'm going to take ownership of it and I'm riding it all the way to the end of the world, to the end zone. You know, because I want to accomplish it. I want to get it done. And even though I'm going to have roadblocks along the way, I'm not going to let that throw me off track from what I'm trying to do. I love that. And on top of intentionality, as I was reading her book and articles, and yes, I I, I didn't spy on her, but I've been researching her to be uh, politically correct. Um, the other thing I actually realized is that authenticity and self-awareness are two values or two competencies that came into owning her power, especially in the environment that she she was in. Let me define what authenticity means for me, because I think that authenticity has become such a big buzzword that it doesn't really align. What I'm hearing out there is not really what I align with. For me, authenticity is being connected to you. It's your emotional intelligence. It's your values. It's your skills. It's your ability to connect to people. It's your ability to motivate people around you. It's your, your why mixed with your identity that leads to one portion of the equation of personal power. Now, the second element of personal power, as I mentioned, on top of intentionality is self-awareness. And that is the understanding that those opportunities for growth are present, available, and how you come across to other people also matters. So intentionality, self-awareness, authenticity is your equation that is equivalent to owning your power. Yes. You know, I'm going to have to hop in on authenticity and being authentic because, of course, that's the title of my book. But when I think about being authentic, showing up as your authentic self. That, of course, starts off with knowing who you are. And as you said, so who am I? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? And many times I, I find this, you know, when we're talking to, you know, our clients, especially women leaders, they feel like they have to show up as somebody else. They're not able to show up as their authentic selves because of society and norms and perceptions and all of that stuff. So they find themselves showing up in one way at work and then, you know, showing up differently outside of work. And of course, I know you're going to say, well, Haley, you know, nobody's going to be all the same. And I, I understand. I get that. <laughs> but being able to show up as you in the sense of I'm carrying myself how I would in any situation, not just because who's sitting there. Because I'm the only person of color in the room, I can still be my authentic self. I can still speak up. I can still share my ideas. I can disagree if I want to. And being able to feel like that's okay. If I have a thought, if I have an idea, if I don't agree, if I think that you know, this initiative is better than that initiative. Let me speak on it. Let me share it. Let me not have to always make sure I'm going that extra mile or make sure that everything is done perfect just because of how I look. And so showing up as your authentic self is knowing your purpose, your reason, your why, and then tapping into that and taking ownership of that and showing up that way. I love that. And I would add, as I studied Indra, the last two parts that I've realized that she did is that she executed on trust, where she created a, an environment that people, not just based on the result, but because she stayed true to herself and was focused on the vision and the mission of the organization and herself, she created trust around her where other people could feel valued, empowered, and feel included. Because her mission was to create that sustainability as well as creating an environment where people can feel safe and feel that they belong. So by creating those three initiatives within the timeframe that she created it, 
she actually cultivated trust. And then lastly, on top of all of that, she took action. So all of that is the definition of personal power for me. That action, that's where it comes into, as you were saying that it all was, it's action. We decide and then we go and do the action for it. So, because guess what? I can have the best device plan in the world. I mean, my vision, I have my roadmap laid out. I have the goals. I have the objectives, my strategy, how I'm going to get there. I've broken it down not only by quarter, I've broken it down by month. I am ready to go. But guess what? If I don't take any action, am I taking ownership over? It means nothing, right? So with anything, action is so important. And so think about this, you all. Are you taking action? And are the actions you're taking in alignment with taking ownership of your career and your life? Well, on this note, as you reflect, let us know. Let us know. Send us an email. Let us know how this conversation is impacting you and what action you're going to take to move your career forward. So like always, be intentional in everything that you do because you are the architect of your success. So until next time, we'll talk to you soon. That's it for this episode. And as always, you have the power to create the life you want. So go out there and intentionally design your success today. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you'll join us again next time on the Success by Design podcast.